Welcome to the Curious Podcast, where we are constantly in the process of getting to the bottom of shit. If you're listening to this, congratulations because you made it through 2022, which was an extremely bizarre year indeed. Get comfortable, grab something to drink and turn this shit up. This week, we're looking into some CIA operations known as the Looking Glass Project. Or known as Project Looking Glass. You may have heard of Project Looking Glass before as some whistleblowers and insiders have come forward with their knowledge about the program over the years. It is one of the more well-known black budget time travel projects aside from the Montauk project which inspired the Netflix series Stranger Things. Fun fact! Due to the nature of the technology involved, there has been a high level of suppression about the inner workings of the devices used. This can be due to a number of reasons, one being the MGA theory or military grey alien technology theory. This theory suggests that a lot of military and airspace technologies, including their capabilities, are intentionally kept hidden from society in Area 51. This level of technology has allegedly been influenced by alien tech that somehow made it to planet Earth. The devices we know of are the Looking Glass and the Yellow Cube, and we will be discussing their inner workings, I guess, and the mechanisms of it today as best as we can because this time stuff is quite confusing, can get complicated, but I will try and break it down as much as I can from my own understanding. These devices are slightly similar to one I covered in episode 51. Some of you may remember when I spoke about the secret time machine hidden in the Vatican. If not, The link to that episode is in the source material below. The devices we will be looking at today allow the user to view different timelines. You thought time travel wasn't real though, right? To be honest, it's easy for people to not believe technology like this could exist because it allows a person to have a simpler worldview. Ignorance is bliss for most. Let's remember that there have been so many movies, books and shows that include time machines. Back to the Future was entirely centred around time travel and navigating multiple timelines. To be honest though, I know most of you listening are probably open-minded enough to believe time travel is real, so when I do say that, I don't believe most of you don't believe in it. Predictive programming is a method used to show the public advanced technologies that exist as well as revealing future events through a fictional story. This method is used to get an audience used to a concept subconsciously. These storylines are basically a subtle disclosure. Thinking back to all the media I have consumed, I've definitely seen my fair share of subtle disclosures in movies, TV and even video games using similar symbology suggesting time manipulation exists and is being researched seriously. I mean, they actually put so much detail into these things even in books when they speak about it and I used to think as a child, wow, who actually 
thought of these things and made them up. They must have an, an amazing imagination. But it's not the fact that they have an amazing imagination. I'm not saying the human imagination isn't great. People have come up with loads of amazing things that don't exist and really good original thoughts. But there's some things such as time travel and time machines that just feel like a human cannot have thought about this themselves and they got this from somewhere. So yeah, the idea is that when people come face to face with this reality in their own lives one day, they will not be completely shell-shocked as their subconscious will refer to the book, film or show they had seen it on. When you've seen something before, you usually aren't as scared as you were the first time you saw it. It also reinforces that what you are seeing is real. The looking glass technology was used to look backward and forward in time, using the consciousness of an operator as a type of steering mechanism. So think of it as a person in a chair. Picture it the same way time travel is presented in television. They usually have that person in that typical looking chair. It's always a similar kind of chair in every single show or, or movie that they put it on. And the chair is usually part of some larger working machine. They And they might have a mic or some sort of walkie-talkie thing or a headset to speak to somebody at the same time or some sort of device that's filming their time travel. To be able to move through time, a person needs to be sitting in that chair focused on what they are about to do. So when you talk about the looking glass that the CIA were working on, the operator would sit in a chair that was apparently recovered from an extraterrestrial craft that crashed. That craft was capable of connecting with consciousness directly. When the device was turned on, strong fields of energy swirled around a pouch of water at the center. Strong fields of energy swirled around a pouch of water at the center, which acted as a sort of electrical circuit for energies to enter from the point of focus maintained by the operator. It's really bothering me now, but there is an old film in the 80s, I think around the 80s, that actually depicts this perfectly. And it's a female lead, I can't remember her name, but she's quite well known. She's been in a lot of movies. When I do remember, I will actually put a scene from this film in the source material below. But in that film, there's a scene where she's actually in a time traveling chair and there's water swirling around and that water kind of acts like some sort of electricity. And it kind of causes her, well, it's like the basis for her to travel through time or get it started, if that makes sense. But back to the actual Looking Glass project. I know it's a lot to take in and understand, but again, Picture the typical scenes that have been presented on TV when someone is attempting time travel. When they're in the chair, we usually see the chair is shaking and they're able to then travel through time because you know it's working because it's shaking. In the Looking Glass project, when conducting tests, data was collected from the time travel sessions, meaning it was probably filmed. This was then projected onto video monitors at incredible speeds, meaning that the footage later needed to be converted to reveal any clear images because they were travelling so fast in time that obviously the footage was so sped up and people couldn't see it. It would, it would basically be almost a blur, which is insane to be honest. As this technology essentially runs off a person's consciousness, 
images collected from what the person has witnessed could be changed due to the person's own beliefs and views. So I think I gave this example in a previous episode, but if someone who didn't believe in Jesus used the looking glass to travel back to his crucifixion, they would most likely not see anything happening due to their belief actually influencing that timeline. It goes both ways too. So if someone using the looking glass was a devout Christian and believed in Jesus, then they would actually see him getting crucified in that moment. The looking glass is referred to as a device made with extraterrestrial technology. However, the device itself has been fully constructed on earth. It creates portals in which you can access wormholes. Wormholes being a connection between widely separated regions of space and time. Through access to these wormholes, you can enter a parallel dimension that is different from your own. In 2006, Dr. Dan Burish came forward about working for a secret organization formed by President Harry S. Truman. The organization he claimed to work for was known as Majestic 12, which is known to be a super secret government study group made up of scientists and senior officers of the US military tasked to work on UFO and alien related happenings. To my non-American listeners, President Truman was a former president of the US that served from the 12th of April 1945 up until the 20th of January 1953. During Truman's term, the Roswell incident also occurred, which is very interesting. The Roswell incident took place in July 1947, and mainstream media described it as an event where a military balloon crashed near Corona, New Mexico, leaving behind metallic debris. I won't go too much into that in this episode, but many people believe to this day that it was actually an alien aircraft and there was a huge cover-up by the government to make sure that people weren't aware of that. Quote, Burish talked often about a top-secret program called Project Looking Glass. According to Burish, US intelligence agencies had several devices they built using instructions found in ancient Sumerian and Egyptian tombs. One such device, dubbed the Yellow Cube, was used by global leaders to look into the future, in return for favours, the CIA handed the cube around from country to country, allowing elites to see their own potential futures so they could gain an advantage. The elites discovered that the future isn't set in stone. Instead, it's a vast field of probabilities, the results of which are determined by present actions. So they did what anyone else would do in their situation. They attempted to use this knowledge to manipulate the timeline in their favour. Over time, because of what they were up to, a new timeline presented itself, and it was not a good one. They saw a future where the entire planet was destroyed, and their use of the yellow cube was to blame. So, just like that, they shelved the yellow cube and folded Project Looking Glass. For the record, Burish isn't the only one to have made such claims about time devices in the hands of elites. End quote. I personally hate when people refer to these individuals as elites. There is nothing elite about them and I just want to clarify that. They are merely parasites on the world that want to control everything, which is kind of funny because they almost, I guess, caused the world to end because they were trying to change the timeline so much. 
Burish only started talking in 2004, meaning he possibly sat on this information for over four decades. This may be because of a non-disclosure agreement he was made to sign to ensure his silence. NDAs are usually limited to around three to five years, then a person is allowed to disclose the information as they wish. However, it would make sense that Burish would be made to stay silent for decades due to the kind of information he was privy to. He also may have been silenced for such a long time in the hopes that he would die before any agreement expired and before he could legally share what he saw. In addition to this, there have been other whistleblowers such as Bill Hamilton, who worked as a consulting senior programmer analyst who served in the Air Force. He is also a UFO investigator and author. He shed light on some of the issues faced with the looking glass. Quote, with regard to the looking glass, as I understand it, the device could not focus on a detailed sequence of activities in the future. In other words, you could not see exactly what would happen, like a series of events. End quote. This next clip is a snippet of an interview with Dan Burish in 2007 discussing time travel, shifts and timeline interference. And we should have never built. We should... The, the Stargate, yes. Okay, for, for the purpose of speaking with the visitors from the other timelines, yes, absolutely. The looking glass, no. That was done because of our own shortcomings as people who aspire to things that we maybe shouldn't try to grab a hold of. Well, it should have never been built. Gives you power, right? We're talking about power and the misuse of power here. Yes. I mean, bottom line, right? Yes. So and I am an advocate against that misuse. Right. In fact, well, I could say against the misuse. I am an advocate against its use, period. Okay, so let's, let's say that one has the looking glass and you're saying it shows probabilities. And one mm -hmm. of the things we were wondering is, how does it do that? Well, from the best I, I understand, and I was speaking with Bill just a little while about it, uh, a little while ago, the, the rings and the amount of information um, via energy, which is passed into it, and I've got to be very careful with this, um, the position of the rings, their orientation, the energy running through them, position of the barrel, etc because you can raise the barrel up on an armature inside the center of it, uh, all come into play as if you have an onion with the various layers of the onion. As you move through the different energy levels, you also move through the different layers, so you get different bits of information. Now, imagine an almost infinite number of layers overlain in comparison to the positions of the rings and amount and an almost infinite amount of energy um, uh, that you can add or subtract, tuning it up, tuning it down. Well, it sounds instead of going up by one hertz or by two hertz, maybe by a, a thousandth of a hertz up okay. and down. But it so. sounds like you're working with a almost like a kaleidoscope effect. You know, you know, like a kaleidoscope, a real kaleidoscope. The way you would turn and twist and and focus, and each time you get a different design, right? Well, right, except Each except time the colors are changed. Yeah, you get it. You get a different design, and the colors change. But it's like working with multiple kaleidoscopes, 
where when you fit, when you find two different probabilities that you would run into, uh, you have two kaleidoscopes. And you make a change on one kaleidoscope, that may be, that may factor or function to a different angular change on another kaleidoscope. So you get two separate pictures that you then have that are flashing back and forth. Okay. But yes. Okay, so I could, I, is best there, analogy is to that. Is there an interface with a computer to get this, to get these readouts in yes. terms of probability? Yeah. In fact, there's a there's a deinterlacing system which they used to actually deinterlace the the flashing back and forth of the two probabilities or the multiples that they had at certain times well, when at some when point it starts you could skipping. Well, them, right? So you could look at them closer. Well, what they did is they deinterlaced the video and then reintegrated the video and watched the individual videos then. Yes, yes. And then determined statistically how much time was spent on each video to determine the amount of probability of each event occurring. And they tested that against probabilities in the field and probabilities of future occurrence to get a system which functions scientifically. And that's... Okay, so, well, I'm going to go with that. And I'm going to actually say what they might have been doing is then looking back to see, in other words, if they saw an event in the, in the looking glass, all they had to do was calibrate or look at the different possibilities, see which one happened, and then that's what they did as time went on. Absolutely, that's right started. on. That's right on. Yeah, that is right on the beam. Okay. And and you know some people, so like I said, some people say it's blue smoke and mirrors, but then again, I was told something in 2001 that's I'm living in right now. Okay. Okay. Without going to what it is Absolutely. and and like I said we'll talk about that in the future but you know it, it, it it's the best scientific equipment equipment that I can imagine for the determining of such a thing mm -hmm. but it goes to the old question just because we have the power to do something should we so that interview took place actually in 2007 in Las Vegas and it's really quite interesting what Dan Burish was saying because again just like we've seen in media as they've portrayed in fiction to us uh, time travel it has consequences and messing with timelines and trying to manipulate timelines has consequences there's a trickle-down effect so you can't really you can't play around with this stuff too much and Again, we do have free will as human beings and the free will is what allows us essentially to pick our own timelines without having to use a time machine or a yellow cube of some sort. And um, I feel like in some ways this technology can be useful, but in other ways, because most people are going to be selfish and use it for their own gain, uh, it is just dangerous like everything else. And you just can't guarantee that it will be in safe hands. I just feel like things like this are better off destroyed because you can't trust any human beings. Um, as long as we are the way we are, you just can't trust people with this kind of technology. The Yellow Cube is also said to manipulate timelines and has allegedly been banned from use after too many people began to abuse its power. No surprise there, people abusing things of great power and opportunity as always. This then created a timeline apparently in which the world would face a massive cataclysm which I'll be getting into more later. This is due to basic laws of time which we've all seen on film and TV like I just said. If someone keeps changing things 
it can create negative effects and that could create possibly negative effects for the whole world uh, because of one person or a small group of people's actions. So this next clip, it kind of goes more into it and this involves Bill Wood talking about 2012, the looking glass and the yellow cube. But are you aware, do you know the difference between looking glass and the yellow cube? Yes. Okay. And do you, are you aware of what happened to the yellow cube and how it was used and, um, and so on? Are you... I, I believe that the yellow cube still exists. Um, I can't say for certain if it's on this planet, but I would say that it's definitely protected from use at this point. Okay, well that coincides with the testimony we got. Um, can you also verify that leaders of... But let me say one thing about the yellow book neck, or, um, and its differences um, with looking glass. Um, the yellow cube or the yellow book would give you your possible future. Yes. So it took basically the choices that you would inherently make along a timeline and tell you what that timeline would be given that you made all the choices that your brain would make. Well, this is exactly what I was just going to ask you. What we were told is that leaders of, of governments and so on, people in high... Uh, places, uh, you know, uh, politically, would would use this to try to see their most optimum future, and then follow those those. So they were using it to enhance their wealth, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. yep. in a very egotistical way, um, and that was part of the problem with it. Mm -hmm. And that uh, supposedly one of the specific things we were told had to do with Hillary. Are you aware of any of that? Um, you mean the 2012 protection for her? Um, well, will you tell me what you know? I don't have any first-hand knowledge of this. Um, this is all back alley information. Um, but uh, one of the last predictions that was put out by the Yellow Cube was that um, for all intents and purposes, and this is just my level of understanding, is that uh, Hillary Clinton would be president in 2012. And um, when the yellow cube is involved, it leads me to question what I know about looking glass and string theory along with that. Um, the first question that anybody that knew anything about the process would know is who was using the cube right. when it made that prediction. If I knew that, then I could tell you why it would predict what it predicted. Um, Wasn't there also an, an issue with, um, I'm not sure, but in using the yellow cube, yellow book, however you want to term it, um, that you, they actually had to use it through um, an intuitive who had a high vibration, had to be in the vicinity to, in a sense, be the go-between between the, the person who wanted to use the cube right. and the cube itself, because normally they didn't have the vibration necessary. Correct. And um, that is a process that would prevent um, anomalies from popping out in 
predictions. Um, but it wouldn't completely... No, and I'll tell you why. Um, if it was used properly by somebody that knew how to use it and, ha and could eliminate their thought process from the machine's effective use, it would be very easy to get an exact, you know, what future holds. Right. However, comma, anybody that has that ability would inherently know that that information could not be given and would be protected. And that inherent notion would inject something into the yellow cube or the yellow book that would give an inaccurate statement. Just by the person that's using its intuition saying, if I tell the truth, it'll be bad. So the higher levels pick up on that, throw out a different scenario. That right. Isn't the truth? It's in a sense the feedback loop gets dirtied somewhere along the line by exposure. And that's why those pieces of technology should have never been used by humanity in its current level of understanding. Because for all intents and purposes, the technology doesn't work right when we use it. Right. I, I, I totally get that. Okay, so to get back to Looking Glass uh, and the possible features that they do uh, converge, um, and the notion of, is there anything else that you can tell us, that you would want to tell us about that and the rest of the laundry list of sort of information that you had direct to either for, for yourself or through um, someone that you had vetted? Um, the biggest cherry on top of all this conversation um, would be a synopsis to say that um, if I could convince everybody out there that um, for all intents and purposes what we believe to be true eventually becomes true. Um, if somebody convinces us uh, that a major disaster is going to happen in the very near future, a major disaster happens in the very near future. If we don't buy into that fear and accept that there is really nothing that we know know is going to happen and accept of whatever happens, um, that makes the convergence of the timelines happen as naturally as possible. Any attempts to try to go away from this one inevitable conclusion, I again see as a new beginning, uh, an end of this reality, the beginning of something that we can't even possibly understand based on the level of our beliefs currently. But when all that information comes flooding out, there's going to be no denying what's true and what's a lie or what's illusion. Um, 
we won't have the choice to believe that 9-11 happened because of a bunch of terrorists because we'll know exactly what's happened. Um, basically what we're experiencing right now is <clears throat> two master chess players sitting at the board and one of them looks down at the board and sees that he's in checkmate in seven moves and he looks across at his opponent and he knows that his opponent sees it too so there's no getting out of it so at this point the loser can only prolong the game the game both players know the game is over um, it's only a matter of time before he does this and then you're forced to do this and then he's forced to do this and eventually checkmate. Um, we, as a race, if we could understand that the game is over. So both those interviews were very insightful. I did give you just snippets. Um, the second one was a bit longer because I kind of wanted you guys to get the 2012 uh, theory and then also the yellow cube and a bit of the looking glass information from Bill Woods. So remember when there were all of those rumours about the world ending in 2012 because the Mayan calendar ended then, remember that right? Yeah, I briefly spoke about that period of time in episode 80. Bill Woods states that something horrible could have happened in 2012, he again confirms it. And this is because there were actually two possible timelines um, at the time. Two possible timelines for humanity. Basically, all of us in this world. One was bad and resulted in some sort of apocalyptic event. And the other was good, which resulted in the world not being destroyed and everything continuing. This has nothing to do with the Mayan calendar, but instead... This was caused due to people tampering too much with different timelines and also manipulating their own timelines for money, etc. It's quite interesting that this actually intersected into the same year the Mayan calendar ends in, though. The theory is that we are in the positive timeline currently, and now there is only one timeline that humanity is actually going in, and it's set in stone, it can't be changed, and there's no other possible timeline like their last was in 2012. It's extremely interesting to read about these theories because I'm not sure if things are actually positive but hey, there is also a theory that I've always heard about but haven't really looked into that the world actually ended in 2012 and we are basically in some sort of parallel universe and to be honest things have gotten really weird since 2012 so maybe there's something to that. Apparently, because the world didn't end in 2012 and we've been in this positive timeline since 2012, this particular timeline, we are supposed to be on the path to mass awakening. So if you've ever heard about humans ascending, us going from 3D consciousness to 4D to 5D, if you've ever heard of things like that, this also connects and it's said that we are on this positive timeline, so it's been said by many ex-military and scientists and people that have been involved in these projects, they've said that we actually have gone on to the other timeline, which is the positive timeline, and that is leading us into human ascension, where one day we are all going to ascend and be our best selves, and that 
the world is just going to be perfect. It's hard to believe being in this world today, but you know, it's good to have hope and it's obviously interesting to hear about these different theories and ideas. I do feel that this is true, that we are on a more positive timeline in a way, because more things seem to be revealed to us in the world every day, every week, every month. Those with eyes that can see know when something is being revealed to them. I definitely feel that some sort of veil has almost been lifted since around 2019. Things seem so much wackier. It's almost like I never knew it was this bad before. It's very weird to say. And it's almost as if politicians and world leaders aren't even trying to hide their evil plans anymore. I feel like they used to try a bit harder to trick us. I was having this conversation with someone really close to me the other day and I said, wow, I miss the days when they used to try harder psyoping us. Now it's just so obvious and you can see through it. It's like insulting as if we're too stupid to not know the difference. That's how it feels. Almost everything is just very transparent and it has a clear pattern. Who knows if this has something to do with that permanent timeline shift we experienced in 2012 and now I guess we are 10 or 11 years deep into this storyline which may be why so many people feel that they have almost awoken or become more aware about the world. This may also be why it feels like this Covid thing this climate thing and, and other psyops seem very rushed and very shit because these people know the timeline is set in stone now and is set in one direction and it can't be changed anymore. When doing some reading about this possible timeline shift, I saw something that said, quote, how many people know more about child trafficking and paedophile rings today compared to 10 years ago, end quote. And it's extremely true. This wasn't something that was even discussed as openly as it is amongst everyday people, but it seems that people care more about what is happening in the world. I met up actually with some old college friends a couple of weeks ago during the holidays and we were all talking about the Ghislaine Maxwell, the Jeffrey Epstein thing and the corruption and these are conversations that are more easy to have in everyday life with obviously the right people. It's, you're not going to be able to have these conversations with NPCs but the fact that these conversations are more possible in your everyday real life situations and you come across more and connect more with people that actually are concerned about what's going on, what leaders are doing, what's happening with our money, what's happening in the economy, younger people, everyone. Like it's there's not even an archetype I've seen people that are 17 years old that care about these things. So I think, you know, that goes to show we're really moving into a different time where everyone is a lot more sensitive to what's happening in our environment. And I think it's great. Who knows what's going to happen in the next 10 years? This positive timeline may be inevitable, but of course, those that don't want this timeline to be possible will do whatever they can to obstruct a mass awakening or an awakening event from happening. Time theory stuff is, it's like maths, having to explain it. I feel like a professor today having to break this down and I hope that I have actually helped some of you guys understand it a bit because I learned a lot of stuff over the last two weeks. Bill also confirms there are multiple timelines possible for every single person. Each can exist at once and depending on the kind of decisions you make, you'll find yourself on a particular timeline. With the yellow cube, 
This was abused as people were able to see all of their possible timelines and of course, world leaders and others in power wanted to choose the best possible timeline for them. I myself feel like I had a timeline shift um, when I when it was 2020, not because of COVID. It was actually in 2019, if I want to be technical, but it was just before COVID, which is very fitting. It was literally a month before COVID happened. I had a timeline shift where I had, I knew I had some crossroads that I had to pick between. And I think some of you would relate when you get to a certain point in your life, you have all these paths that are crossroads. Sometimes it's mainly two. You can either pick this path or go on that path and you know things will turn out very differently. So I could have stayed on my current path or I could have picked a new path that came about in my video game. I feel that life is a video game and the more you see it that way, the more it kind of makes sense and it makes it more fun for you and you you become more proactive in your own video game because you don't want to be an NPC. So I saw a new path materialize in my video game and I picked the new path and I feel like definitely that today my life has dramatically changed uh, since I've picked this timeline that I decided to pick three years ago now and I know my life would have been way worse if I stayed on the same timeline but it was the more comfortable timeline and the more familiar timeline because I I knew and I'd already been living in it if that makes sense and this new one was unknown and I'm not somebody that is comfortable with the unknown, but I have purposely tried to break my conditioning and force myself into new uncomfortable things because that creates growth. And I'm glad that I picked that timeline. So, you know, I hope some of you can relate to that and I hope some of you have picked the right timeline for yourself. And if you haven't, there's always, there's always chances. The universe will always give you opportunities to change your timeline and shift your timeline. And this is why it's amazing that we have free will as humans because we can make the decision. No one else can can mold our lives the same way that we can. And I think people really forget that power that they have. And I hope that everyone realizes that. Also, isn't it crazy that the yellow queue predicted that Hillary was going to be president in 2012 and not Trump? So what would the timeline look like today if Hillary won? I'm guessing it would be really, really bad. Anyways, I think it's very interesting that despite all of these technologies, like Bill has alluded to in his interview and I suspected myself, humans can interfere in their own timelines and change their possible future if they believe in it hard enough. There's something about believing a certain reality for yourself that makes it translate from the mental to the physical and then it just becomes real. If we can take anything from this, we are more in control than we realise. You can look back at bad decisions you made in life and know for a fact that if you continued on that path, you'd be dead, homeless or who knows. You are the main player in your game, no matter what happens in the bigger story of life. I also wanted to let you guys know that I've changed hosts for my website, finally, left WordPress. I'm officially on Ghost, which, like I said before, supports free speech, so my content is definitely safer. The link is in the description, so please do check it out and support. I also have a 30-day free trial available for Six Sad World posts all of January, so anyone who has been curious about what's on the members-only page, you can now have a good read 
because those posts are all uncensored and I do not hold back. So tell a curious friend to tell a curious friend. Thanks for listening guys, I really appreciate it. If you're into the strange, morbid or curious, I'll see you in the next episode. Stay safe, stay curious, for real.